I'm excited to talk to our next guest as we talk about what's trending outside of the election. What's trending today? But at the same time, it is kind of the election because will the transition, potential transition of an election to a new administration bring different changes when it comes to criminal justice reform? So I'm excited to have on. Uh, he is the executive director for the American Bail Coalition. It's Jeff Clayton on the show with us here. Jeff, how are you, my friend? I'm great. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, it's good to have you on the program. Let's just say that I need some help. I had two drinks because we have a one-drink limit, according to Democrats in the nation. And uh, I end up going to jail, and I need bailed out. But yet, I've heard a tweet-tweet rumor that if the Biden administration gets in, if Democrats run and control things at the federal level, bail the bail bonds industry itself may be in jeopardy. Is that true? What's going on with the industry right now? It absolutely could be. That's their plan is to eliminate uh, money bail. But I think the real biggie of the day at the top of the show to, is to realize that California voters rejected Kamala Harris's bail reform plan by double digits in this past election in, in rejecting Proposition 25. So the whole idea that they ran on that and they got elected to uh, you know the highest office in the land off bail reform and California voters are rejecting the very plan that they're proposing is going to you know cause them, uh, I think, some problems in terms of what they're actually going to end up doing. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they don't even like it in their home state and they're trying to implement it nationwide. Now, for those that don't understand, what is Prop 25? What did Kamala Harris try to introduce in the state of California? So the legislature in California purported to get rid of uh, the right to bail, the constitutional right to bail, in favor of a system that's based on an algorithm, a a risk computer, uh, where the prosecutor would basically just decide who gets in and who gets out and then replace bail with a massive government system supported by the Service Employees International Union that would have created, you know, 15,000 people to supervise, uh, you know, people before they've been convicted of a crime was the alternative. And, you know, the voters sniffed it out. They wanted to keep their uh, right to bail. And, you know, among the supporters were even uh, a guy by the name of Snoop Dogg. Yeah, that's an extreme position. I've never heard of even trying to get rid of that. I mean, first off, I think it's constitutional for you to have that right to to have bail. But what they're what it sounds like they're essentially trying to do is create a uh, like in the healthcare industry, it's a death panel to decide whether you're going to get the treatment or not. Here, they're just going to have uh, administrative bureaucrats from the government decide who's going to get bail, who's not going to get bail, who's actually going to get out of jail, who's not going to get out of jail, and what the links are going to be. It's not going to be from the private sector anymore. They just want to essentially centralize everything, isn't it? Yeah, it was a big bureaucracy. And the other real problem was that, you know, nothing was going to happen in 48 hours. And the judge couldn't even set bail until they got the computer results from the county employee to even decide if if you could get bail at all. And so that was going to be 48 to 72 hours before anybody gets out of jail. When in California right now under the schedules, I mean, the average person who posts bail gets out in 12 hours or less. Wow. I've never heard that. Now, let's talk about what that would do to the actual bail industry. I know a lot of individuals that are in the industry from uh, numerous different states across the country. And I mean, it's it's a really a conservative approach to be able to help individuals in need. It's a constitutional right to help them actually get out for them to uh, actually not be stuck in jail all the time and actually have a right to a trial or whatever they have to as long as they show up. Uh, so talk about if this something like this happened nationwide, what would this do to the the individual that needs bail? I mean, what would they have to go through? Well, they'd be at the whim of a bureaucracy rather than exercising a constitutional right. And, you know, people call us an industry, but really what we are is a facilitator of people exercising their Eighth Amendment right to bail, which is to be free from government interference uh, during the pendency of their trial. And, you know, the same groups that advocate for bail reform would say, well, we could just, you know, put people on pre-conviction probation and, and that'll work. 
which we've learned doesn't work. And so we create the right balance, and I think the right to bail is important. We're not just an industry. We're not a system. Uh, we're, we facilitate people uh, acting in a role as a personal surety and guarantee their appearance uh, and help them exercise their fundamental constitutional rights to bail. So there would be but no bail industry, and the government would have the upper hand on defendants. And the reason there is a right to bail is to stop political opponents from uh, locking up the people they don't like. And we see that all the time. And I would fear for a world without uh, the right to bail and bail agents to to help folks get their right to bail. Well, sure, especially the ones that are trying to push the abolition of the bail bonds industry, because obviously they're the ones that passed like what Joe Biden passed back in the 1990s, with really incarcerated a certain large group of minority individuals because they like to call them super predators and that they didn't like the jungles of racial whatever. And I mean, they, they've used it for their political agenda for identity politics for a long time. Would that type of mindset be increased with just political? political bureaucrats deciding who's going to stay in prison and who doesn't? Ultimately, it would, and Joe Biden's the perfect case of that because he voted for the Bail Reform Act of 1984, which at the time, 24% of defendants uh, stayed in jail pending trial. Guess what the number is today? It's uh, up near 75%. And so, you know, he's the big reformer. He's the big man that transferred the power to the government. And what did the government do with it? Caused this generation of mass incarceration that we didn't need. And I think you know, that's the thing that people on both sides of the aisle can agree with is that we got to a bad place. And, you know, how do how do we undo it is, is, is the real answer. Yeah, we're talking with Jeff Clayton, executive director of the American Bail Coalition. You can find them online at ambailcoalition.org. Talk about a bail bondsman, for example, uh, and just break it down on with the basic duties of them for those that may not understand. When we think of bail bondsman, we think of like Dog the Bounty Hunter, where you were out just trying to track down these criminals and, and bring them to justice sort of thing, uh, which I know that's a part of the job. But what's the actual job of a bail bondsman and what do you guys do? Well, we're really uh, a, a, an extension of the personal surety system. We post a bond. We guarantee. Uh, we post a financial guarantee that the defendant is going to show up for court. If they don't, uh, it's our job to get them back. And, of course, uh, in the states we operate, we have arrest powers, uh, the ability to go and pick up and physically affect the custody of the defendant, which doesn't happen in the, doc- the bounty hunter case all the time. Uh, but certainly we can work with law enforcement to track the defendants and get them back. The other key part of it is that a third party typically – uh, co-signer or guarantor will sign the bond contract, meaning they're, you know, it's a friend or family or significant person in the person's, in the defendant's life that's guaranteeing uh, the bond. And so that, you know, third-party uh, influence helps us uh, do our job, which is to, you know, make sure that they show up in the first instance, and if they don't, uh, use the third party uh, to interact with the defendant and hopefully get them back. And of course, you know, obviously there are the dog. The bounty hunter cases, and I've seen cases of and worked on cases of, of retrieving people uh, who skipped bail on state criminal cases from around the world. And, you know, there are specialists who work in that in the bail bond industry, and we supported federal legislation to tighten, you know, those loopholes and try to get people back from countries like Morocco where, you know, sex offenders will flee and they're difficult to get back. So we've, you know, we're a tight industry and we're accountable and I, you know, it's a good thing. Yeah. How big is the industry? Do you have any idea nationwide how many bail bondsmen there are or statewide kind of to kind of where this is? Because it's an industry that I don't think gets enough attention to talk about what's really going on in criminal justice and the legal system. But it's a major industry. Yeah. And it's really, you know, it, it really relies on individual bail agents, the insurance part of it, the underwriting part of it that my clients or that my association 
does is really to guarantee the whole thing is a small part of it. It's uh, local bail agents, you know, on the street serving their communities. But we estimate, you know, probably thirteen to 14,000 uh, bail agents around the country that serve the communities. Uh, majority uh, female-owned businesses around the uh, around the nation. Uh, a lot of minority-owned businesses in in the, in the in the places where they operate, and then of course all the other jobs, um, you know, staff and stuff that are created off the bail agents, uh, and of course you know taxpayers and paying premium tax and all that sort of thing, you know, contributes to the economy as well. Sure, absolutely. We got just about a minute left here. We're talking with Jeff Clayton, executive director for the American Bail Coalition. Let's talk about criminal justice under President Trump so far. Uh, whether he stays in office the next four years or he doesn't after the investigations, but from your perspective, uh, you being in the industry and seeing what's been done and the changes that have happened over the last four years. Criminal justice, has it gotten better or has it gotten worse over Trump's administration the last four years? Well, I think at the federal level, it's been fine. He's done a credible job. And the other thing is I think he's respected states' rights, and that's what we want, is that state um, you know, legislatures and governors and those sort of things need to make those policies, and we need to win or lose on the merits. And I think that respect for federalism is something that I, I have to credit the Trump administration with. And, and you know, we'll see you know, how uh, interruptive the Biden administration is going to be of local <laughs> policies, whether they be Democrat or Republican. I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. In about 20 seconds, if Joe Biden does become president and they try to push this, what they did in California, do you think Democrats nationally would push it? And uh, are you concerned about that going into the next year? I'm very concerned about it, but I think it's a flawed solution. And I think California voters rejecting the risk assessment and preventative detention methodology that Joe Biden used to triple mass incarceration, pretrial mass incarceration in the federal system will get rejected. Uh, but hopefully people will be smart enough to sniff out what's going on. And uh, But I'm very concerned about it. Yeah, I really hope that, uh, as you mentioned, people can sniff it out. Jeff Clayton, Executive Director for the American Bail Coalition. Find them online at ambailcoalition.org. Jeff, we appreciate you coming on the show, my friend. we got to do it again soon. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Hey, you as well. Appreciate it very much. We'll take a break here, wrap up the show. Got lots more to get to here on The Voice of Reason for a pre-Friday celebration. Stay right here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.